Thanks for joining us once again for another Inside Calhoun County podcast. I'm Richard Pyatt. This is the official podcast from Calhoun County Government in Calhoun County, Michigan. Today, we're talking with Sheriff Steve Hinckley, who has a number of things to update us on from the Sheriff's Department. Sheriff, welcome. Thank you. You have a number of things you've been working on, uh, not the least of which, I suppose, is some new equipment in the jail. This is interesting. Uh, First of all, a body scanner. Yeah, we will be receiving our first body scanner. And uh, interesting because as time passes, we uh, we always start to experience different challenges, right? Mm-hmm. And so we are we are trying to eliminate anything that could possibly be smuggled inside the jail. So when an inmate or an individual comes into the jail, um, we do our our evaluation, medical evaluates, and then we you know we search that individual, and then they they come in and they eventually get placed in into the facility or into general housing. Well, with the body scanner, it's very similar to what you are going through in the airport. The inmate will enter the body scanner about four seconds. They will have that scan complete. And what's interesting is we can actually see a plastic baggie of heroin that they may have swallowed in their stomach. We can see that heroin if it's working its way through their small intestines. We can actually physically see anything that a person has put in their body uh, including items that may be intended to smuggle into the jail, we can see those and detect those. So when an inmate comes in and says, hey, I swallowed, I, I swallowed a bag of heroin, we have a pretty good opportunity to see that, confirm that, and get that person uh, the medical attention that they need. We are so excited to have this uh, because it really it really brings it a completely different perspective on how we are booking and intaking individuals in the jail. It really makes it safe for us and safe for the inmate coming in. Talk about that a little bit more. I presume there's some folks listening who this is new information to them. Um, they are not at all in the loop of, of what you might deal with as it relates to inmates coming in. So someone might do this, why? To try and have access to that heroin later, or they're scared about possession. Why would they do it? So no, that's a great question. I think the majority of people are scared about possession, and I've arrested several different people. Yeah. And so you you stop the car. They know they have a warrant. They've got some heroin in their pocket. They swallow that heroin. They get arrested. They're heading into the jail. And you know the the worry is that that bag bursts. I mean, there's so many concerns with with uh, with an overdose or, or a major medical emergency. And so I think most people are trying to hide because they have it, and they're trying to hide that. Um, versus smuggling it inside of the jail. Some people may try to do that. Some people try to hide it in their sock and so forth. And uh, but but I think you're right. I think the majority of the people are trying to hide it before they come in. Yeah. How would you have handled that previously without the scanner? Somebody says I swallowed this. What was the protocol? When we go through this process inside the inside the jail, we encourage it. We we tell everyone you need to be you need to be honest with our medical department. We're trying to medically evaluate you. And sometimes these individuals will be honest and they will say, hey, I, I did this. And so we will get them to the hospital or the medical care that they need to evaluate, whether this is the truth or whether it's not. And so uh, and it's just part of our process that we go through. And if it is not the truth, that's a whole other motivation, right? They're trying to divert themselves from the process, I presume. 
Absolutely. I think yeah. the scanner is really going to give us the chance to determine whether they're being honest or not and really evaluate. evaluate. It's another tool for the medical evaluation as they come in. Some folks might have presumed that you had one of these all this time, but clearly you haven't. Is this is this new technology for jails or just something that had a price tag that we were saving for? What was the circumstance? So this is relatively new. We're up to around just over 20 body scanners um, at county jails in the state. Okay. Um, they are very pricey. It was $180,000. We had some drug forfeiture funds, and then we used a grant through our uh, risk management. And so we had no impact to the general fund when we bought this scanner. Wow, that is a price tag. It is. How long are these things considered current? Is this like a computer or something where the the technology uh, becomes dated after a while and you buy a new one? We have a five-year warranty on this, so I'm sure we're going to see technology upgrades. I think we do with everything, right? We hope this will be about a 10-year life cycle with this unit. That will be in place soon and clearly gives you a lot uh, more of a significance as far as the ability to make sure someone's uh, telling the truth when they're being admitted. It falls right into our tablet program. We've also recently, uh, we have a tablet program. So now the inmates receive their mail. They can send email for a certain cost, and they also have some different opportunities. We have all of our jail rules. Now, why did we transfer over to the tablet? Because the trend in the nation is now people are dipping a corner of the inmate mail in either K2, meth, or heroin, or fentanyl. So once that corner dries, the inmate will get their mo- will get their mail, they'll rip the corner off, they'll put it in their mouth, and they will overdose in the jail. Oh and, so, and, and the K2 is odorless, so we can't really detect it. So uh, what we're trying to do now is we are actually scanning the mail. And so once the mail is scanned, the inmate can access all their mail on their iPad, see their mail, but they don't physically have something that came from the outside environment. So we're avoiding an overdose in the jail. And when you really look at why this is happening, this really shows how desperate and and the length of a, the addiction will go. It's very sad. And so we're just trying to avoid that. You know, I, I mean, certainly we have, uh, we've had some incidents in the jail where an individual um, had overdosed and we had some of the inmates, you know, they said, hey, there was a piece of paper floating around. It was going underneath and it's been flushed. So we could probably assume that this is, this is related to a K2, a heroin or a fentanyl overdose. And so by implementing this new technology and, and the mail is actually mailed to a certain address, it's scanned and then they access their uh, their inmate mail right on their tablet. So it's just, it, again, it really kind of connects that circle to keep everything out of the jail from the outside. And so we can keep everyone safe in, in the jail. That is an incredible story. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. These are examples of the tremendous challenges that law enforcement has to deal with. The notion that someone would be clever enough to come up with this kind of way to sneak someone an amount of drugs that could be fatal, potentially, on an envelope. This meant you had to put your thinking caps on and come up with a solution. And I presume that this is a challenge that many of your counterparts in other counties and states are dealing with. Absolutely. And let me put this into a different perspective. 
we carry Narcan in the jail. Yeah. We have Narcan available. That tells you for a couple of different reasons, the reason we just talked about. And then certainly we have people that are coming in that we're not sure we're coming in off the street that the officer is, is bringing in. But we we have all of the med- medical necessities and emergency uh, means to, to deal with almost any problem. I mean, really, when you look at the jail itself, it is a small city. And, you know, th- there are a lot of people inside this city that really need help. Uh, they haven't had uh, medical care that they've uh, that they've needed, and so once they enter this facility, we certainly have a lot of different people inside the facility that that have a have a lot of different um, have a, have a lot of different challenges that that we have to help them with. Wow! Now, when you say a tablet, I presume that there are some limitations to the capabilities of that tablet because. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, they're going to get on Zoom and and have calls with the outside world and and things like that. <laughs> actually, actually, that there's that's a partial true statement. Uh, so no, they can't access and hit the outside world. They can't do all. They're, they're restricted, but they can meet with their attorney on Zoom. Um, okay. They can have legal counsel, and uh, we do that quite often. We do in person uh, uh, counsel with attorneys. They can uh, talk to their attorney on the tablet, so they've got um, a pretty good communication, but there are definitely restrictions. Uh, they certainly can't get on and, and and access the outside world, but we have all of our jail rules there that they have to check off. So inside the city of the jail are rules. And if you violate a rule, you get a ticket and you lose pr- privileges inside the jail. So they can acknowledge those rules. They can look at those rules. They can, um, if they get a ticket and they want to uh, have a hearing in front of the supervisor, they can have a hearing to contest that. It's a very large-scale process in the facility. Yeah, this is uh, a very interesting uh, process, and obviously an illustration of <laughs> modern technology having having reached even uh, law enforcement and even in a jail setting. Here we are in October, really almost November when we're talking, and school is well in session by now, and part of uh, your involvement with back to school is school resource officers. Isn't that true? It is. Yeah, we have uh, added a school resource officer and we partnered with uh, the Marshall Police Department and we've added a school resource officer to Marshall Public Schools. Uh, She's primarily working in some of the Albion schools, but she's floating through the entire district. We have just approved a contract to add a school resource officer at Doris Clawson. With the uh, with the uh, Calhoun uh, ISD, we have a we have a deputy at the ISD, and we'll have a second one up at that complex. We also have a deputy up at the Penfield School. And the reason I really like the school resource officers is that it really gives us as law enforcement an opportunity to make an impact on our youth and uh, and really connect. And I I'm so proud of all of these programs. You know, the other side, the flip side is is it gives the deputy the opportunity to work with the school when it comes to overall building safety, security, locking doors. I mean, we're living in times where people are unpredictable. And so there are daily questions that occur at the schools and the teachers and the and the staff can immediately reach out to the deputy and say, we've got a unique situation. Can you help us? And there's instant uh, instant communication there. The other thing that we're working on and this has been about two and a half years. It's a slow process, but we're working on uh, some camera technology. My whole goal and one of my one of one of my main passions was to connect every school camera with the nine one one dispatch center. 
we're in the process of an of a school camera assessment right now. We have bought a program called Command Aware for the dispatch center. So what that means is once a call comes in from the school, those school cameras pop up on the dispatcher's screen. And so if there's an emergency in a hallway, so for instance, if a fire alarm is pulled in a certain hallway, the dispatcher can look and see, is there smoke? Is there fire? What is occurring in that hallway? Or could this lead to something else? But the dispatcher can see exactly what's happening in the hallway and actually tell the deputies or the officers that are responding everything play by play. They can actually see everything in the school only when a 911 call is placed, right? We're not going to monitor kids or watch kids only when that occurs. I just think that's such an important um, element when it comes to the safety of our students here at the schools. And I think uh, I'm crossing my fingers, but I think all this technology and we've We've been working with the federal government. We received a $1.7 million uh, allocation package. So we have a lot of funds, but as time goes on, things get very expensive quick. And so we are we are utilizing those costs. That that whole goal is to make sure every school is hooked in, all the way from Homer to uh, to Concha, to Battle Creek, to Harper, to everyone is connected to that dispatch center. Well, just think about the notion that an emergency call comes in and the sooner you can see what's happening the sooner you have a handle on what you're dealing with yep absolutely yeah as simple as that it's interesting uh to to talk about what a resource officer means and you alluded in the beginning of your description to the relationship building that goes on i presume that they have the the school resource officers have an opportunity to build relationships with students like teachers do. They see these students every day. They interact with them. They become part of their lives. They do. And those are some, some of the good stories you know, that I hear. The interaction, the relationships, that relationship building. The other sad part is, you know, I've heard our resource officers say, you know, there are students that come into school that sometimes a teacher or a resource officer is the only kind word that they hear. Um, you know, did you get your homework done today? You did. I got, I got an A on it. You did a great job. And, you know, that's the kind of the flip side to this, too, is a lot of our resource officers are really supporting some of the students that need that support that may not get it for some reason. And they really are helping them through a lot of significant challenges that they are occurring. So this is a resource to everyone at that school, and that availability is is used for everyone's. And that relationship building helps them in the ways that you alluded, but also if there's a relationship there with a resource officer and someone is concerned about security or some kind of an issue, they're liable to speak up to them. Is that true? It is. It is true. Yeah. With that relationship Know that the resource officers receive a lot of different information that we may not necessarily receive unless we are on the campus of the school. Well, it certainly is different from when you and I were in school, isn't it? But uh, but it yeah. sure seems to be making a connection that needs to be made. If folks have questions about these or other initiatives that you've undertaken, they can certainly reach out to the sheriff's office. Isn't that true? They could call anytime. We'll answer any questions that we can we can help with. Absolutely. Okay, and the Sheriff's Department has a website as a part of the Calhoun County Government website, and we'll link that in the show notes here with uh, this particular episode of Inside Calhoun County. Thank you, Sheriff Steve Hinckley. Thank you. Have a great day. 